Today on this edition of the Forest City Church Podcast, Pastor Sharman Pittman's message is titled, Human Nature. Good morning, Forest City Church. Y'all doing all right this morning? I like, I like that talk back, so I'm going to do it one more time. Good morning, Forest City Church. All right, y'all doing all right this morning? So look, I'm excited to be up here in this capacity. I don't have any announcements for you but the good news of God. So I just come to pro- proclaim the power of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before I get into my message, I'm going to give you a little setup. We're going to be in the book of Exodus this morning. And we're going to pick up in the middle of the book of Exodus. So I'm going to give you a little framework of what is happening before chapter 15, all right? Now, I'm going to go down, back down memory lane um, and date how old I am. Some of you probably know this movie. Some of you don't. But this is one of my most favorite movies Growing up as a kid, I used to watch this movie every single, almost every single day. My mom would probably say every day, but I think it's almost every single day. And that movie is The Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt. That is one of my favorite movies. And for a visual illustration, I'm going to be using these just to kind of tell you everything that has been going on the book of Exodus up until the point that we're going to pick up and start reading. At this particular time, the children of Israel are in slavery. They are in the process of building monuments, hard labor, and so forth. They've been in bondage for over 400 years. They've been oppressed. So at this particular time in the children of Israel's life, before Moses really comes and begins to talk about freeing them, they have really no hope other than some of them believing that the God of Israel will come to deliver them. So next picture gives you an example of what happens when Moses decides to stand up for his people? Moses begins to find out, like, hey, you're actually not an Egyptian. You're a Hebrew. And Moses begins to kind of go through this identity crisis of, like, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me these are my people in bondage? I'm living like this? So Moses does something out of frustration and anger. And he kills one of the Egyptian guards that are uh, the task officers, if you may. And he begins to flee. So in the next picture, we have the children of Israel beginning to start their journey, their exodus out of Egypt. And at this particular moment, the children of Israel are actually somewhat happy and excited. Why? Because God has just performed many different wonders. He sent plagues and all of these different things to show, hey, you are my people. And I'm going to free you even if Pharaoh does not desire to. Now, a lot of you, just like myself, would we not all be excited at this point? Like, you, you done had a hard time for I don't know how many years. You wake up every day to the same old thing. You question, is God really real? Does God exist? Because if God exists, why, why would I be still in this if I'm supposed to be his chosen people? What sense does this make? But at this time, they're beginning to get a glimpse of just how much God loves them. And then in the next picture, we get a chance to see the awe and the wonders of God. As the children of Israel are escaping Egypt, God says, I will be a pillar by day, which means I will keep you in the shade. Anybody ever been out in the sun, in the hot sun, and you just wish a cloud would come? And it's just so hot, and and, and just the sun is scorching you. You're like, oh my God, please send a cloud. And we ask for that here. Not in the middle of a desert. (laughs) 
So God is a pillar for them in the day, and he's a pillar of fire. He's a cloud in the day, and, and at nighttime, he's fire to keep them warm. So God is taking them every step of the way. I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide. I got you. And then we get to the point in which the children of Israel are at a position in a place where it's like, all right, if this God is real, something's about got to happen. Because we are at a point where we can't turn back. They're coming. And what stands before me is something that I cannot move. So the children of Israel begin to really have a front row seat of watching Moses, the man of God, do exactly what God told him to do. I will be with you. Raise your staff, Moses. You have everything you need. And Moses parts the Red Sea. And I just love how in the movie, the illustration they did, I think they did a wonderful job. But it gives, although this is more of an illustration and when we read the scriptures, we don't get a chance to really see what the children of Israel actually saw. The scriptures does tell us like this event really did happen. The power of God really did manifest in his people's life. God said, I'm going to make it my business to show you how much I love and care about you. It's very interesting. Once they crossed the Red Sea, out of wondering if God would even do what he would do, they get to a place of celebration. Because God has just not only allowed them to cross over into the Red Sea and walk through it, but he's also defeated the Egyptian army. They were swallowed up in the water. So they have every reason to be excited and celebrating the goodness of God. And in chapter 15, that's what we're going to pick up. Right after this moment or during this moment, they're singing songs of praises. Chapter 15, verse 2 says this, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And they continue on to say, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? The Lord reigns forever and ever. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. sometimes I know again when we read these scriptures we can kind of glance over them and forget the fact that this is somebody's real life story just like for some of you if you found yourself in certain situations and you may your lyrics may have not looked like that but they a song rolls up on you or a song that you like to go to you begin to sing because of your gratefulness to God you begin to say father who is like you when I was sick you healed me when I didn't have you provided, you made a way out of no way. Every single one of us in this room has been in those moments. And if you haven't, as my grandmother would say, just give time, time. Just give time, time. And it had me thinking. The children of Israel on this journey, they're celebrating, they're excited in all of what God has done. And right after they cross over the Red Sea, they're praising and they're honoring God. Their expectations are not met. They forget 
what God just did. Three days into the wilderness, you know what they start doing? Y'all can talk back to me. Complaining. How many of us in the room, God has done miraculous things in our life. And the moment something happens that we don't like the way it looks, <laughs> we start complaining. Oh, nobody, just me? Okay, cool. That's all right. I'm going to be transparent. We family, right? I'm, so I'm going to be transparent and open with y'all today. Because I, too, have found myself, just like the children of Israel, complaining. After God has done all of these things, I get to a new situation, and I'm grumbling and complaining. And the children of Israel would say things like this. Moses, you've brought us from Egypt for us to die in the desert. Why? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Moses, you brought us out here for us and our livestock to die. I'm thirsty, Moses. What is wrong with you? And I can only imagine where Moses, how Moses felt. Do y'all not just remember what God did? He just parted the entire Red Sea for us. He's kept us in the shade when shade don't exist in a desert. He's kept us warm at night. And y'all are sitting up here talking to me about, is he going to let me die of thirst? Are y'all forgetting the goodness of God? But again, when our expectations are not met the way we think they should be met, all of that goes out of the window. God no longer becomes the miracle working God. He becomes the God that ain't answering my prayer in this season. He becomes, God, I don't know why you did it. God, it don't make no sense. That's the God he becomes. So, I figure because we family, even if this is your first time visiting with us, we family, you, you, you family by association because you walked in these doors. I thought I would share personally how I relate to the children of Israel. So I want to I take a quick look into some of my journal entries on my journey up here. You see, before I came up here, I was in my own version of Egypt. Now, when I was preparing this, I had to do some kind of reflecting because I'm like, God, I went, in, I went in Egypt when I was at home. I wasn't nothing about home Egypt. I was, had my security. I knew what I knew and this, this, and this. And God began to show me, mm-hmm. But there were some things you were in bondage to that I had to take you away from home to the wilderness so I could, be, could, so I could begin to grow you up, so I could begin to mature you. And that's what this journey has been like for me. When I left Atlanta, this is what I thought. I'm going to be real with you. I said, ah, promised land, here we come. Woo, milk and honey. Yep. I was already in the desert. I had left my job to be obedient, to do what God told me to do. I said, ah, I ain't had no job in two years, and it's because of you. Now, God, you provided manna, random people. Here you go. God told me to give you this. Here you go. So I was sustained. I was. But I said, God, I'm tired of how you providing this. I don't like this. Come on. I need, like, weekly, biweekly, even once a month. But this may come on the second May come on the second of the next month. God, I don't like this way of provision. It's not my, it's not my thing. So when I got the news that, hey, God is moving, 
want you to come up to this church in Rockford, Illinois, Heartland Community Church. Got a chance to sit down with Parks. Myself, Ebony, and Carrington came up. Parks began to tell us the vision. And I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but God was really doing some things even in me and having people speak to me that didn't even know what I was, that had going on prophetically telling me this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And I kid you not, those things happen specifically the way they were saying them. So guess what? I'm coming in on awe and in excitement. Let's look at one of my journal entries. This is in the beginning. Dear greatest father. Now, you know things are going good when you start something off like this. Dear greatest father, thank you for loving me in spite of all of my shortcomings. Thank you for seeing me through. You through your eyes and not my own. Thank you for loving me in ways I could never imagine. Lord, thank you for giving me time to get it right and yet still getting it right. I haven't even arrived yet, but yet you still keep blessing me. You are making a way out of no way. In my next journal entry, good morning, Daddy. I call God Daddy. See, I make it personal. I make it personal. Because last time I checked, he's a personal God. He wants a relationship. Good morning, Daddy. Thank you for loving me. I'm in awe of what you have done within a couple of weeks of my life. You have taken me to an entirely new place with provisions set before me. I am beyond grateful for all that you have done for me and what you will do through me. Random people are coming. I'm going to tell you the first memory that I have in my apartment. My mom was up here. She came. She was up here for like, I don't know, two months. And mind you, I wasn't working before I came up here, so there was no savings. Just get that understood. So I was broke. Dead broke. So in me deciding to come up here, like even people that knew me, it's like, how you, how you making that happen? Where is money coming from? I said, I don't know, but I believe God is telling me to do this. I'm going to do it. And people just started to give, 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 give. To the point where when I moved into my apartment, I had things that I didn't have money for, but I had the money to buy it. I found myself in stores just spending money and spending money. And I'm like, where's this money coming from? Like, I don't even, I'm broke. My bank account says zero. And I'm not exaggerating. And I just saw God move. And when my mom left, literally, I had like, couple of dollars in my account. I probably had three or four dollars in my account, literally. I'm not over-exaggerating. And my first experience walking back into my apartment by myself after dropping my mother off at the airport, I got a cash app notification. $750. And the person that I saw it come from, it was random. They didn't owe me no money. They had no reason to send me anything. So in a moment, I'm shocked. I'm like, the first thing that I said when I walked in, I said, all right, God, it's just me and you now. And that is the first thing that he met me with. Son, I got you. I will supply every need. Take heart in that and rest in that. So again, I'm in awe. I'm, in, I'm excited. But as things continue to go on, expectations now start kicking in. Well, I want it to look like this. I want this. I want that. My journal entries begin to take a little turn. Let's read the next one. Dear Father, ain't no greatest. I done moved out of daddy mode. I'm in father mode. I need your help with this thing called life. There are moments when I trust you and I know you're going to make it all right. And in that same thought, I wonder how I will make it through the night, the day, the evening. 
I know you will always see me through. Teach me how to trust you like the eagle trusts the skies will carry him across the land. Teach me how to trust you like Jesus did with your plan. Help my unbelief in my darkest hour. Give me a new song to sing, new thoughts to think, and new eyes to see exactly what you were doing. My Lord, my Father, love me more when times get harder. That's a typo, but that's how I wrote it in my journal. I got proof, so yeah, it's all right. Then... We moved to a little bit discouraged. This journal entry starts off with, do better, Charbon. You're more than capable. I miss my time with you. See, I'm going to be real with you. There are moments in which I'm on 10. I'm in my word and I'm in my journals and I'm thanking God. But then I have moments where I'm not feeling it. I'm discouraged. I feel hopeless. The hope that I provide to others, I don't feel it within myself. And I have to remind myself, hey, God, God misses his time with you. Do better. And then as we continue, pretty much goes downhill from there. Now I'm starting to feel alone. God, help me navigate through these emotions. I feel depressed, sad, alone, empty, and isolated. Never felt this feeling before, so I'm not even sure if I'm articulating myself the right way. To drained. Happy New Year. Hey, God, tonight I write to you with a heavy heart filled with emotions of grief, sadness, and anything else associated with gloom. I feel completely off and that not a soul understands. See, right around this time while I'm up here, I've experienced some loss. My first year up here, I lost my grandfather. That same year, a couple of months later, I lost a great mentor to me of the church that both Ebony and Carrington and I attended. Suddenly died. And I'm not at home to be able to experience this, so I'm grieving in a foreign place. I don't really feel like, like I don't, sometimes in certain seasons of life, you don't really want to talk. It's more action. You just need to be in the presence of loved ones and people that understand you. They don't have to say nothing. And sometimes it's just a pat on the back or sometimes it's just a cooked meal sometimes it's just certain things that just ease the tension and the pain and the frustration then my last entry I'm going to share with you something I call spiritual paralysis God I don't know where to start or what to do I struggle to pray but I know I need to I struggle to read your word but I know that I need to Now, I know for some of you, it may be hard to believe. It's like, but you're a pastor, though. How you go through that? How do you find yourself in those positions? How do you find yourself not encouraged, and when things go wrong, you just back on 10, and you just land on your feet? Because just like the children of Israel, I, too, am human. And I'm sure some of you in the room can relate to this as well. You, too, are human. And you, too, have found yourselves right after the goodness of God and the victories that you've won, complaining because things don't look the way you think it should look. And what I find myself having to do is I have to begin to rest in God's word. But one thing that I think we as believers sometimes fail to do is understand the character and the ways of God. And we just aimlessly go through this Christian life thinking that all things are working for my good. 
because he's a good God. In the moment something happened, you like, but that's that song, that, that this, the lyrics don't match the situation. What's going on? And God began to show me a pattern of his ways. He began to show me that I sent Abraham. I had an encounter with Abraham. And after that encounter, I sent Abraham to the wilderness. I had an encounter with Moses. You know where he went after that? To the wilderness. I had an encounter with David. as Carrington preached a couple of weeks ago. Oh, this is the next anointed king. Back to taking care of the sheep. Back to the wilderness. Jesus, after his baptism, the heavens opened up. This is my son in which whom I'm well pleased. To the wilderness. And then we have Paul who writes over half of the New Testament. He has an encounter with God on his road to Damascus. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? To the wilderness. So it had me thinking, so hold up. I thought I was coming to the promised land because I was in a wilderness. I was in hard times. Things weren't easy for me. So God, I'm thinking you shifted me from after all these encounters I'm having to the promised land. He says, no, son, I'm sending you to the wilderness. You want to know why? Because in the wilderness, that's when we're refined. In the wilderness, that's, that is when we, we learn to depend solely on God. Solely on God. It's in the wilderness that we begin to find where our hope and our strength really comes from. Because outside of the wilderness, I got options. In, the, in Egypt, although it was hard, the children of Israel still had options. So they thought. So what I've learned to do, Moses tells the children of Israel in chapter 14, verse 13 through 14. Moses tells the children of Israel this. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see that the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You need only to be still. Sometimes when I read the scriptures, I like to insert myself into the scriptures. Because sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to find ways when you may not be getting a word from somebody else and you're pulling on other people and they're not giving you what you need. Sometimes you got to insert self and say, Charmaine, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Father has for you. The troubles, the issues, the problems that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Charmaine, you need only to be still. And what I've learned is that oftentimes we seek the celebrations of life. Like the children of Israel, we want to celebrate. We want to have a good time. We want to pop bottles of sparkling water. Grape juice, Welch's. But we want to, we want to experience the goodness of life. We want to be able to say, I got it, like I'm good. I want to be on my knees not because I'm crying out. I want to be on my knees because I'm thanking you for your goodness. Because I'm excited of what you're doing, Father. Not because I'm in a tough space. We want manna, but we don't want the environment that produces the manna. We want the miracles of God, but we don't want to be in a situation where we've come to our wits end and there's nothing else we could do. We want to skip that part and get straight to the miracle. Signs and wonders. 
But what God on this journey teaches us is that, hey, if you're not in a place of weakness, I cannot display my power. If I don't put you in a position that you need me, then how can I show you how good I am? Because I never had this plan for you in the first place. So what I found that in these moments of life, what I'm really searching for is not celebration, but peace. I'm searching for the peace to be still and say, Charmant, God got it. No matter what it looks like, God got it. And there's a quote by Viktor Frankl. Hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Trail, I said it right. <laughs> and Viktor Frankl says this. He says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And see, the thing about this quote and it coming from him, Victor experienced some hardship. Victor experienced what it was like to be at the hands and the oppression of others. Under the reign of Hitler in Germany, it was in his journey that he would even come to that conclusion. Okay, if I can't change my situation, what am I to change here? What am I in control of? If I don't have the finances to make this situation right, okay, God, what needs to change in me? If I'm not in a position to fix this marriage, this broken things, these problems that I have, okay, God, what do I need to change within me? Because maybe God don't want to remove you from the situation. Maybe God doesn't want to move you from the struggle. You see, when Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he cried out to the Father, he said, hey, <laughs> this is hard. I don't want to do this. But nevertheless, let your will be done. And he was faithful to the cross. And there are going to be moments in our lives where, as Trev preached a couple of weeks ago, that you're going to have to experience those hardships. The journey that you think you need and what you want is actually what God is not even thinking about. He's like, no, you got to go this route because in this route, I'm going to refine you. The problems will actually make you better. All right, Sharma, you're saying all of this stuff. How quickly we can go from celebrating to complaining. I got an illustration for you. Boog, where you at? Chad, y'all come on up real quick. Show y'all something. When we ask ourselves the questions, it's like, all right, how do, I, how do I get to a place when I've been complaining, when I'm in a space and in a season of life where it doesn't look like how I want it to look? What do I do? Any of y'all ever had that question? Oh, just a few of y'all. Okay, so I'm only speaking to the few of y'all that said yes. All right. So we got complaining right here. Book, I want you to stand over there. Chad does not complain. I love this brother. So this is not an indictment of his character. But this is what happened when, with complaining. I'm with my buddy complaining. I don't see nothing right with nothing. This sucks. I don't feel God. Like, what is he doing? This is the worst. What should I do? Keep complaining. This, this is just... How many of us have been in this posture, in this space? Now, you see what happens in this moment. How far am I away from contentment? 
I'm extremely far from contentment. Why? Because complaining has drifted me all the way over here. And I don't even recognize I'm that far away from it until I find myself looking up like, hmm, I'm a little off. So how do we close the distance? Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you this morning that I believe that closing the gap is through remembrance. That every time I stop complaining and looking at what's wrong and I say, God, it don't look like how I want it to look, but God, you parted that Red Sea for me, that financial crisis. Okay, take a step forward. God, you put me in a position where I could read your word and your word says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. Okay, I'm not thinking about what ain't going wrong. I'm not thinking about what ain't going the way I want it. I'm only thinking about the fact that, oh God, I said that prayer and you answered it. God, I see that all things are working together for my good because your word says it. God, I actually see that all of this time that these things, these troubles and these trials have been making me stronger so that I can withstand the blows of the enemy, that I can also encourage somebody else that is going on the same path. They are depressed. They're thinking they want to they take their lives. And then I find myself content. Resting. And knowing that Whatever position that I find myself in, Lord, you are with me. No matter where I'm at, Lord, you are with me. And I get a chance to look, and I don't even see complaining in the distance because I'm focusing on what God is doing in my life, not what he's not doing. Y'all can sit down. Thank y'all. then we find ourselves in Philippians chapter 4 and Paul tells us this I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance I know what is to be what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to keep going. Yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? <laughs> I will feel no evil. Why? Because my God is with me. He comforts me in the midst of chaos. I don't have to worry because I'm not alone. I don't care what the enemy is telling me. God, you are with me regardless of what it looks like. So I will be content. I will rest in knowing that, Lord, you got me, even if it don't look like it. Because I know that all of this will work together for my good. And that we overcome by the power of our testimony. But let me tell you something. If you ain't been through nothing, your, your testimony ain't got no power. If you haven't experienced pain and hardship, what power does your testimony have to a person that is down and out and we can't relate to them? Jesus came here and endured the cross. Why? Because he knew I need to be acquainted with the sufferings of my people in order for me to lead them. And if our father endured the cross to the end, we must too do the same. So as I close, 
I'm gonna leave you with this thought. This is my call to action to everybody in this room. If you find yourself far off from contentment to complaining, start a contentment journal. It was when you find yourself far off complaining, you don't like what, what life is looking like, write. Remember the things that God has done. Remember the battles you have won. Remember the answer prayers that he did answer. Remember the things where he came through and pulled through for you when you didn't even pray and you weren't praying and you probably were being disobedient. Remember those moments. And I guarantee you will find yourself in a posture of no longer complaining, but resting in the fullness of who God is, the love he has for you, and the power that he has. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that every single individual person in this room and those connected to the people in this room, Lord, that you begin to show them not only that you love them, but Lord, how the situations that they may find themselves in, whether good, bad, or indifferent, that Lord, even if they cause it on their own, Lord, that you will step in and you will make that thing work to their benefits, Lord. Teach them how to see your hand in every situation, no matter what it is. As Paul says, whether it's plenty or nothing at all, let me be content. For I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I pray breakthrough in this room. In whatever area that your children may be struggling, I pray peace over their lives. I pray peace over their circumstances. And that they be reminded of the goodness and the miracle working power of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Love you. Go in peace. You've been listening to Pastor Sharman Pittman with a message titled Human Nature. Thanks for listening.